This podcast is a presentation of Gateway Fellowship, Paulsville, Washington. Experience community, find hope. Check us out at gatewayfellowship.com. Um, so I'm going to tell you where we're going today and why we're going where we're going. And then, and then we're going to go there. I'm going to, I'm going to try to take you there. How's that? Um, I, I hope that today, for, for some of you, and maybe you're online or wherever, balcony people, this is for you too. Um, yeah. <laughs> is that for many of us, we'll ha- we, uh, uh, a passion will be ignited for God's word. Um, that... For some of you, you're going to make a brand new decision today to, to allow God's word to become a daily part of your life. And we'll talk about that in just a few moments. I, I, I will pray that, um, that God's spirit will just do his work in our hearts and in our lives. Um, and we will become um, followers of Jesus. We become more like him. Okay, that's where we're going to go. Now, question. Um, in the Big C Church, which is the Christ's body in the Big C Church, what percentage of people read the Bible once a week? You know, once a week. What's the percentage of people? You know, the Big C Church, so in church, people read the Bible and they do it once a week. What, what's the percentage? Just shout it out. Seven? Twenty? Nine? D? What is it? Nine zero. Ten. Point seven. I love, I love you guys. Yeah, point seven. You know, you know actually, this is true. So I, it's, 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 it's known. Eight percent. Eight percent. And I was reminded of that again, again this week. And so I go like, is that where we are as a church? Well, I don't know, obviously, but... We're part of the Big C Church. Eight, eight percent of us will read the Bible one time this week. So here's my goal. I want to, I want to move us in, in the ninety-two percent into the eight percent. I'm going to pray that God would just ignite that passion in us. Here's the deal, and here's what we're going to talk about. There are things that come along that distract us, right? That take away from where Jesus wants us to go. So that's what we're going to talk about. So um, I was thinking about killing flies this past week. And I'll tell you why in just a moment. But before we get there, um, uh, in the book of Exodus, there's a list of events that happened in the life of Pharaoh. Um, And when I was thinking about flies, I thought about these things. And what is it that I hate the most? And what is it that takes me away from what I should be doing? I I have a list of them for you. So except for the last one, which was... Um, you know, the death of, a, of the oldest son. Um, here, are, here are the nine, in order, by the way, water to blood. So these things were happening to this guy named Pharaoh, King Pharaoh, um, um, through God's messenger Moses, was saying, if you don't let my people go, this stuff's going to happen. So that's kind of the short context of, of what's going on. Water turns to blood. Frogs. So like, you know, you let my people go, you're going to experience frogs. And we're not talking about frog legs for dinner or anything like that. We're talking about frogs that were piled up in piles that just were stunk. They were everywhere, like in your refrigerator, in your stove, everywhere. Okay, frogs, gnats, flies, livestock die, boils, hail, locusts, and darkness. So here's what I'd like you to look at that list and tell your neighbor which one would you hate the most. So tell your neighbor which one. 
Which one would you hate the most? Turn to your neighbor. I, okay, me, water, frogs, gnats, flies, livestock die, boils, hail, locust, darkness. Okay, which one? Which one was it? Okay. How many said like the water, the blood? That's no, no bueno. Okay. Frogs? Oh, you love frogs. Okay. Gnats? No, so flies? I'm standing alone on that one. Okay, live, livestock? Where are you? Well, okay, livestock. Boils? Bo- oh, boils. Hail? Locusts? Or darkness? Oh, okay, darkness, because maybe you've been, been, been in those places. So, so um, um, for, for, for me, it's, it is the flies. And so I told you I was thinking about killing flies this week. So, because um, I hate flies, because flies have the ability to distract me from you know, what I'm doing, whatever the, whatever the moment is. So that's why I was thinking about killing flies because here's what happened last Sunday. Now, on Sundays, I have a pretty rigid routine when I'm done here um, uh, on a Sunday and it usually, it doesn't ever change and it's the way it is. And so um, last week I got home and our house was infiltrated with flies on the level of what took place here. <laughs> there, there were five of them, okay? And these, these flies, have you ever, so, I mean, like, they were, they were landing everywhere. And they, they have a way of landing in the places that bug you the most, right? In your ear. Have you had that? Yeah, they do. On your arm, on your eye, on your face, um, everywhere these, these, these flies land. So I was in my thing, and I was actually, at this point, I was sitting on the couch. I was laying on the couch, and I had fallen asleep, and... This fly lands on my face, and I jump up, and I told Jim, we're going to Walmart. Scared her, she goes, what's wrong? Nothing, we are going to Walmart, because we're going to deal with this infiltration of flies. And so we go up there, and we, we purchase um, fly strips, which don't work, by the way, and two fly swatters, which do work. <laughs> and so I was chasing these flies through my house, um, killing them, and on Monday, they were still there. So Monday is my writing day, and I have a little office in, the, in, in my home, and so I'm writing. That's the day I, I get ready. And so I was actually kind of getting ready for what we're talking about this morning. And um, um, this fly kept landing on me till finally I jumped up, I grabbed the fly swatter, and he made a fatal error. I have a little bathroom off of my office there, and he flew into the bathroom, and I went in there and shut the door. Because one of us is not coming out alive. <laughs> and I will tell you, I stayed in the bathroom until I got that fly. And he, today, today, right now as we're talking, he is in my windowsill, four legs up. He's dead, see? Yeah. Yes, he's dead. I got him. So thank you very much for that. So, um... You know, I, I, every now and then I do this, and I forgot my glasses down there, honey. I'm so sorry. So, oh, where are they? Are they there? Oh, they fell on the floor. Mario brother, thank you. So, oh, yeah. Oh, brother, thank you so much. I am so sorry. I tried not to do that, but okay, here we go right there. Because I have a take-home principle for you, and here it is right here. Um, it takes focus to remove the things that distract you, doesn't it? Fly. What's going on in life? It takes focus to remove those things. It takes intentionality to mature in the faith. It takes focus to remove those things. 
and it takes intentionality to mature in the faith. So I'm going to invite all of us to be intentional in, 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 in growing in the Lord and maturing in, in Him. So hang on to that for just a moment because the Apostle Paul calls us to a life of maturity or growing in the faith. Now, we have a whole bunch of young parents here, and I will tell you, <clears throat> I love our young parents. Um, and I, I'm out here, and they're bringing their kids in, and they're doing something that a lot of us don't have to do right now, and that is get kids ready. And we have parents who get six or seven kids ready um, to come at one time, and, uh, or one or two, whatever. I mean, and I'm, I'm so appreciative and so, and so thankful for you, but here's the deal. No parent would desire that their child stay two years old, right? So if you've been there, you, you couldn't wait until the terrible twos ended. No, nobody wants their, their child to stay there. We all want them to grow up and, 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 and mature. Can you imagine what life would be like if you stayed two? Can you imagine if your kid stayed two years old? What, what would... What would that be like? We desire them. And so part of the role of parenting is to nurture our kids into, into maturity, help them make the right decisions, and so on. Well, spiritual spe spiritually speaking, this is true for you and for me. And so Paul is nurturing us. He's speaking to us about maturing and about growing up in the faith. He, he exhorts us to be established in this faith. And what I want to talk to you about today is how do we do that? What's it look like? How do we remove the distractions in our life that come in a variety of forms? How do we remove those things so that we can be well-grounded, established, and rooted in the faith? So we're going to go to Colossians chapter 2 first. So if you have every Bible, your Bible app, your phone, whatever, go to Colossians chapter 2. It's also coming up on here, um, verses 6 and 7. Therefore, as you receive Christ, Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. So therefore, now you are a follower of Jesus, your new believer. Walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Peter joins him in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, and he says this, like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. So Peter's talking about those who are, who are brand new to, to the faith, long for this pure spiritual milk, his word, so that you grow and you ma ma mature. Um, after conversions, after conversion, their lives ought to be marked with continuous growth. Same as physically true. That's, that's what should happen. Um, the reality is, there are things that will come into your life and have come into your life already today to kind of bring distractions, to kind of keep you away from that. So the question I want to, I want to do my very, very best um, in answering this morning is, is how do we do that? How do we live out this life that allows us to be rooted in the faith, established in the faith, so when things happen in, in life, we, we, stand, we stand firm as mature believers in the Word. That's why I'm so passionate. That's why we talk about the Bible um, here at Gateway. If you're, if you're new to us, we talk about the, the, the absolute need for the Bible to be uh, a part of our lives, the Bible to lead us and guide us in, in all truth, to be consumers uh, uh, of His Word. 
And so in just a few moments, I'm going to give you a couple things um, to, to think about and, and to kind of tweet, tweet out, kind of hang on to them for a second. But the reality is this, as a young mom, and we have young moms, you're like, you guys are busier um, than most of us know or understand. And how you do it, I don't know. It's a gift from God, I think. It's, um, I don't know how you do it. So how do you find time then to incorporate into your lifestyle um, time for God's word and growing and being mature in the faith. Many of you um, head to the office and you catch the earliest ferry you can. And to catch the earliest ferry, you got to be there early, right? So you're up and early, you're out and you come home and you, you collapse. And you, how do you find time to be rooted, established in, in, in the faith? Some of you are balancing two jobs just to make ends meet because like the dollar, I don't know if you've noticed or not, isn't going as far anymore. And so you, you've taken on an extra job and you're working more hours than you figured you would ever work. And, and you're trying to figure this thing out. How, how, do, how, how do you do that? How do I make this daily habit a routine in my, in my life? And for, for many of us, um, we're gonna be, be there. We're gonna like, I, I did, I gave it a big try and it just didn't work out. And you, you kinda gave up. I just wanna move you back to that for just a moment. How do I find time to walk this out in my very, very busy life? You see, as followers of Jesus, here's the reality. We will experience distractions in life. So some of you had them coming uh, to church today. And I commend you for coming today. And some of you, you're here every week. And you know, I know where you sit and I see you. And I'm so appreciative. And I'm so thankful. And honestly, wherever you are, and the balcony overflows. I mean, God bless you. Because you know the other reality is a regular church attender today. You're considered regular. You're considered a regular church attender if you attend once a month. And I just say, we need, we need each other more than that. We need each other more than that. So I say thank you for coming. And I, I pray that, that we will take that next step in being established and grounded in, in the faith. But there are distractions because some of you, don't raise your hands, had a fight on the way to church this morning with your spouse. No, don't clap. Some of, for some of us, like the kids were totally out of control, Right? For some of us, like, you know, the things just went wrong on the way in. But you're here. You're here, so give yourself a hand. You're here. You made it. And I'm so, so thankful. You said no to the distractions. But, like, if I told you Jen and I have never had a fight on the way to church, you would call me a, because you would be right, right? I mean, so we all deal with this stuff. And so these things tend to try to distract us and lead us away from the person that Jesus wants us to be and maturing in the faith. And they come in the form of temptation, by the way. The enemy does not want you to be a mature believer. Amen. He doesn't. So he would do anything and everything he can to distract you. Unbiblical teaching will move you away. It will. And so we, we're committed to teaching the Bible as best we can. Worldly influences that seek to impact our lives as believers and our effective witness of the gospel. There, there are worldly influences that will try to keep you from being the person that Jesus has called you to be. 
There are worldly influences and distractions that will try to take you away from the foundation of Scripture on which we stand is happening to all of us. So I, I think it's, it's, it's fair to say, because I think it's right to say, that if you ever think that you get to the point where you don't suffer any of these distractions, like that is never going to happen. I think there are ways for us to deal with them as we mature and they become less influential in our lives, but they will always come. But these distractions, or these things that seek to move us away from being rooted and built up, um, left unchecked, will move us away from the truth of the gospel, his word, and the life that he has called us to be. So I got two things for you. If you're a social media person, you can, you know, Send this stuff out. Here it is. What you lean into leads you. What you lean into leads you. So if you, if whatever, whatever that is, if, if you lean into it, if this is what you are attracted to, that's the very thing that will lead you. And so obviously, if we're a people who lean into who Jesus is, his life, and being mature and rooted up, then that's the thing that's going to lead us. The second one is this. What consumes you controls you. So if you are consumed by a hobby or consumer, this is what's going, this is what's going to control your life. And it's going to control my life if, if we let it. But if we are consumed with this passion and this desire to grow and be like Jesus, guess what? That's going to control us and that's going to help us make the right decisions in, in life. And we will be rooted, we will be built up, we'll be mature in the faith, we will no longer be two-year-olds. That's a good thing, yes? So J.I. Packer is uh, um, um, he's a theologian that passed away, I think, in 20, 2020. And um, I, I was reading about him, and I came across this photo, and it, it, just, it just captured my attention. And um, honestly, it's just kind of been embedded in my heart and, and ever since I, I, I saw it. And Packer wrote the book, Knowing God, and I mean, like, it's, it's one of the great works, I think, that are available to us. I mean, here's a guy knowing God, but Packer never, never got away from his passion for the word until the day he died. And I, I saw that and I thought, that's how I want to be. If someone were to wander in my house like the day before I die, I, if I can't, I, I want to I have that passion control my life. I want, I want to so lean into God's word that it becomes part of who I am and my, my, my makeup. But guess what? And I, you just got to hang with me for just a moment because I'm going to say something that you're going to go like, did he just say that? And he did. So here it is. It doesn't begin with your Bible. It doesn't begin with your ability to check a box beside the scripture that you read. It doesn't begin, it includes that. It doesn't, it, it doesn't begin there. Do you know where it begins? It, it, it begins with Jesus. It begins with Jesus because Jesus is worthy. A relationship with Jesus um, and a deep desire to know him and to become like him, we mature in, in the faith because Jesus is worthy. We can't pass over that. Jesus is worthy is the, um, of my life. Jesus is worthy of all of my life until the end of my life. 
The one who existed before anything is supreme. He is worthy. And we seek to become like him and to mature in the faith and grow up to be like him. In Colossians chapter 1, we're going to drop back a, a, a chapter. Let me share with you a few verses coming up on the screen as well. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. And I shared with you my breath prayer um, a couple weeks ago. This is my breath prayer comes out. He is in all and he is over all, everywhere and every time. He existed before anything else and, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. For God, in all his fullness, was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, we were his enemies, separated from him by all your evil thoughts and our, and our actions. That's the state that we were in. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. And as a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Does that, does that do something to you? Does that ignite a passion like, I, I want to be like him. I'm going to be mature in my faith because Jesus is worthy. It begins with what Jesus has done in your life and in my life. Paul continues in the next verse and it's leading us to his exhortation toward maturity in the faith. He says this, but you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. And then he says this, these are interesting words. He said, don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good, good news. Don't, don't, don't drift away from that. All those who have placed their trust and faith in Jesus live with a hope and assurance that is reserved for you in heaven. We will live eternally with him. We talked about that last week. Don't, don't drift away from this truth. Be grounded in, in this truth. Paul is saying, if you are truly saved and, and, and built on this solid foundation, Jesus Christ, then you will continue in the faith and nothing will move you. Now the NASB um, uses that terminology, and I want to take us there for just a moment. Colossians chapter 1, same verse 23, from a different version. If indeed you continue in the faith, firmly established and steadfast and not moved away from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, which was proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, was made a minister. It's interesting because Paul is using some imagery here that we, that we see that Jesus uses in Matthew chapter, chapter 7 when he talks about this, this firm foundation of building 
on this solid, strong foundation that when things happen in life, and I'm calling them distractions, when things come along your way in in my life, um, that we will stand firmly. We will stand solid. Nothing will move us because we're on the firm foundation of who Jesus is and on his word. Moved away. Um, um, Terminology that means earthquake straight stricken kind of what we by the way what we experienced last week at 721 what was it an earthquake like did you feel it no I didn't either so we were in prayer meeting Mario brother he said like you felt it didn't you yeah he going like what what was that shaking well brother we're at prayer meeting what do you expect you know right <laughs> so anyway no I mean it, and then people were People were posting that everywhere, like, did you feel the earthquake? Did you feel the earthquake? I didn't feel it, but it's like, um, we're not going to let anything move us away. So Paul speaks of the faith of the Colossians as settled and established or grounded like a building on a, on a strong foundation. And so what I want to say to you is to get there, there's just simply no, no, no shortcuts. No shortcuts, right? We have to be people who are committed to the faith firmly rooted. So I was thinking about earthquakes because we live in a, you know, earthquake zone, right? So these things um, happen, thankfully, nothing big yet, or the big one that they talk about, you know, but I, I, I thought, well, I wonder about the Space Needle. So I actually um, looked at the Space Needle. Because, have you been up there? Lots of us like, nobody wants it to fall over, right? Yeah. And so if you're up there during an earthquake, so I, I thought, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do some reading on the foundation. I wonder how, how big this thing is. And so this is what I read. Um, the, Earth, the Space Needle, 605 feet high, was, was ensured the stability when a hole was dug 30 feet deep and 120 feet across. That's the foundation. And 467 concrete trucks it took in one day to fill, fill it up. So I'm thinking that's a, that's a lot of concrete, right? That's a solid foundation, right? Right there. Um, I was at Crosspoint Campus, um, yay, um, last week. And yeah, and they're, they're, they are, um, um, the company's putting up a covered play area, right? And I, I walked by, and, and I honestly stopped. Now, I was going to take a photo of it. I wish I could because I, I would have shown you today. And I looked at um, the uh, foundation, were the pillars, is that what you call them? The steel posts are going to go up for this covered playground. And I thought, you got to be kidding me. Those things are like, I think, honestly, I think they're like five feet by five feet, like by four feet deep or something like that. These things are huge. And then I, so much rebar, it was, it was incredible. Well, why do you think it's there? Because we don't want the metal roof falling on your kids. That's why, right? And so this thing is going to withstand anything and everything because it's built solid. The foundation is solid. When stuff happens, it's going to stay. How many enjoy pulling weeds? Like none of us, right? Oh, you do. Okay, well, there's one of us. Right? I, I, I don't mind it. But listen, when you've got to get a weed that's rooted deep, what do you do? You have to dig down. You have to pull it because it ain't going to go nowhere. And some of us are guilty of just pulling the tops off too, right? 
and then covering some dirt over it. Make it look like we, we got the weed, but we really did it. And what happens in about, you know, two weeks or three weeks, the weed come, comes back because it's rooted deeply. And here is where Paul's teaching in Colossians 2 to be established in the faith connects. It's all about what we focus on or give our time to. See, there are so many times when Scripture both affirms and warns at the same time. And I believe we can see that here. We are affirmed in our position in Christ. So we are, we belong to him. We talked about that last week. We are, we're followers. We're, we're believers. Nothing can steal that away. The enemy can't do that. But I think there's a warning in this, this passage that we just read in chapter 1, verse 23, against complacency. Some interpreters, and I don't think they're wrong on this part, see a warning of becoming complacent in our daily walk. What's it mean to become complacent? You, you just become lazy, maybe. Um, um, maybe we just, we just kind of skip, skip through life. Complacent carries this meaning that without awareness of some potential danger. So we're just kind of blind, you know, to everything that's, that's going on, per, perhaps. Um, we just don't give it the proper amount of, of time or, or attention. So while we're affirmed, in our relationship with Jesus, we're followers of Jesus, we're, we're called like, don't, don't be complacent, be, be rooted, be, be built up, be, be strong in the faith, don't be, don't be moved away, don't let anything move you away. So the question is, how do we become rooted, established, and built up in the faith, as Paul says? So how do we, how do we get there then? That's the right question. How do we make spiritual progress, or how do we become established in, in, in the faith? Now, a lot of us have that thing figured out, and we're, we're right there, and so we, we, we keep on going. But here's what I'd like to do. I'm going to give you three decisions that we need to make. I actually shared them last Thursday to our Crosspoint campus. I'm going to give them to you, and here's what I'm going to ask us to do, to think about it. Because a lot of us are going to make a brand new decision today, or we're going to reaffirm a decision that we made some time ago, and we're going to come back to it, because we have found ourselves maybe slipping just a, a little bit. Um, not going to give you, this is when you must do it. This is when you must give your time to the Word, because for all of us, it's different. I, I'm a morning guy, so my time's in the morning, but for, for, for a you know, at least some of you, like, you shouldn't even try it in the morning because you're not a very nice person in the morning, right? So you need to have some bunch of coffee and a little bit later. It's, we're not talking about you have to do it at a, at a certain time. That is spending time and growing and investing your life in the person Jesus has called us to be. And that's to be mature and rooted and built up in him. They're, they're, they're quick decisions, um, but I will say they're, they're not always, always easy. Number one, we have to make the decision to grow. We have to decide that we're going to do this. Um, it, I, think it, I think it can be discouraging when you look at the stats out there um, of what's not happening within the Christian church today. I guess I would just say it like there's a lot of people that need to make this decision that, yeah, I'm, I'm going to grow. I, I'm, I'm going to do whatever I need to do. It begins with making that decision. I'm going to do this. Hebrews chapter 6, the author of Hebrews says this. Um, so let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. So we can make this decision. 
Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. You don't need further instructions about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And so God willing, we will move forward to further understanding. So there's a decision that we need to make. And that is, like, I, I am going to grow. Now, as soon as we make this decision, guess what's going to happen? The enemy is going to come along in your life, just like he does in mine, in all of ours. And he's going to there's, he's going to do everything he can to get you to move away from that decision to be firmly rooted, established, and mature in the faith. It's going to happen. But we need to make it. Decide to grow. The second is like, you got to decide a, a, a time. And again, this is going to be different for everyone because you're the person that gets up early to go to the early ferry, right? Um, you're the person that um, is heading out the door. And so morning time doesn't work. Maybe evening does, but maybe evening doesn't, maybe morning, but you just got to decide on a time. So you just, you make the decision to grow and you go like, this is a time I'm going to do it and nothing will interfere with that. So I had to make that decision in my own life some years ago where that morning time, that first part of the day is going to be my time and I can't let anything um, um, interfere with that because as soon as I do, I find it. It's really easy to slide away from this decision. So you decide on time. What's it look like for you? And I, and I pray that you even think about that right now. And then, and then lastly, we have to decide on a plan, right? So you make the decision, decision to grow, you decide on the time, and you decide on a plan. And again, this will look different for everyone, regardless of, of your family of one or, or a family uh, of many, but will always include time in the word, prayer, and time with each other because we grow together. And this is why we talk about groups a lot. This is why we talk about gathering. This is why it's important for us to come together, I believe, week after week after week, meeting here and then meeting in smaller groups because we grow together as we gather around God's word. So my mom um, raised us, and, and I've shared a little bit about that story, but her thing was like, this dinner time is going to be our family devotion time. So that was the plan. That was the time um, that she was going to bring all five of us around the, the table and have our devotion time. So what's your plan? You got to decide to grow. I'm going to do this. I'm going to decide on a time and I'm going to decide on a plan. So for me, here's what works really, really well. And maybe you can adopt it too. It's, it's just this little thing. Word before world. Word before world. The world has a... It, Stuff has a way of pulling us away from the really important things of life, the most important thing in life. So where are you today? The call is to be rooted and built up, established in the faith, to be mature, because life happens. And my prayer and my hope for our community, that's whether you're here, this is your first time here, or we can't get rid of you type of thing, um, that we be established and rooted because stuff comes our way. Amen. But as we stand firmly on his word, as we become consumed with, as we lean into God's word, guess what? Things are going to happen, and things are happening, right? But, but we will stand firmly fixed on who Jesus is and his word on the scripture and on the Bible. Let's stand together, shall we? I'm gonna pray, and here's what I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna pray that um, all of us are going to do 
one of two things. We're going to affirm what we're already doing. And maybe you'll invite someone into that. You go like, how do I do that? We'll start a group. I don't, I don't know how to start a group. Talk to Mario. He does. He'll help you. Gather people around you. The, the thing I love seeing more, and I, I see it through, I use a Bible reading app called YouVersion. I see people gathering in virtual groups. I love that. But meeting in person, like gather some people together and learn. Someone's going to, uh, we're going to keep doing what we're doing. So we will affirm. Someone's going to make a brand new decision today. <clears throat> we're going to decide, I'm going to grow in my faith. I'm not going to stay a two-year-old. I'm going to grow. And so today, I'm, I'm going to set a time, and it's going to be whenever that is, and, and I'm not going to let anything interfere with that. Now, again, things will come along, try to distract you, but we're going to say no here so we can say yes here, right? And God will help us in whatever plan that we, that we do. The Spirit is in us, and He leads us, and He guides us into all truth, and He will help us. So Father, I pray that even right now as we, um, as we look to you and we kind of wrap up today and consider this exhortation from your word to be firmly rooted, to be established in the faith, to be mature believers. <clears throat> A lot of us today are affirming perhaps what we've been doing. We keep on doing it. A lot of us are making a brand new decision today. We're going to decide to grow. We're going to decide to mature. We're going to decide to take the next step. We're going to decide a time and a plan. And so we lift that up to you, God. Would you lead us and, and direct us? May we be consumed by your word. Let it control us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.